Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. here online today. We are so glad that you can be with us. Um, My name is Pastor Gabe. In case you don't know who I am, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome very much. We welcome very much. That doesn't even make sense, y'all. I don't know. This is what y'all get. I I talk sometimes and sometimes things don't make sense. That's just who I am. Me and along with my wife, uh, Lajinska, we get the honor of being able to pastor here at Emmanuel Church. And we are still here online only at the moment. Um, as we continue to move forward and do our best to keep our community safe, to keep people safe. We know that uh, COVID-19 has been spreading more rapidly, especially here in our area. And so we are continuing to pray for those that have been affected, uh, those that might be sick, um, and those that um, know some people that might be sick. And we just pray for a quick recovery. We just pray for protection over all of us that are still working and out in the streets and, um, and for, for that we'll be okay. You know, like, uh, that we will be okay. Cause sometimes when we have, I know from, for, from, for a fact, for many of us that we're stuck inside for a lot, a lot of us are kind of back there again. We're not traveling a lot anymore and it, it gets tiring and stressful to say, we want to be at home, but We are still praying and doing our best to be able to keep you safe. And we will continue to keep you updated on the situation here. But once again, I just want to welcome you. If you are here for the first time, let us know. Type that you're a first timer watching us online or joining us online in the chat. Someone will get in contact with you so that we can let you know what we're about and uh, get in touch uh, and give you more information about who we are and what we do here. Um, Don't forget too, you can also continue to give online. We do need your support uh, in giving because we, uh, Unfortunately, you know, everything runs on money and we need to pay bills and other things like that. But most of all, we just want to serve you and we want to serve our community to the best of our ability. So you can give to do that so we can continue to stream online and continue to update uh, our quality and of what we do here so that we can serve you and our community better and meet new people online so that we can share this message of hope, the hope of Jesus with others. Uh, today we are closing out a series that we have we uh, we've been doing for for this past month. We took a little break for Father's Day, but here we are again. This is week four of our People Matter series. People Matter, and I do have a title for my message, and this is usually where I tell you what the title of my message is today. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that blank for a little bit because it's gonna spoil the the ending you know no one likes the no one likes the ending spoiled like i mean i i, I when i first i remember when endgame first came out there were some people that were like already putting spoilers out online and it was like why would you do that like why would you spoil the movie that we've been waiting for for like 10 years you know but i'm not going to give you so, so that's a spoiler warning but today 
I want to be able to wrap up everything that we've been talking about. We started this series talking about how people matter because we are all created in the image of God. And because of that reality, because of that truth... Every person is deserving of love. Every person is deserving of, 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 of being able to be treated like a human being, like, uh, like we matter because we do. Each and every one of us matters. And continuing on with that, I, um, the second week we talked, um, the title of my message was don't, don't pass by because there are people that are in need. And a lot of times what we do is pass by. And my wife, last week, she spoke on this topic of justice. And what does biblical justice look like and what does that mean? And so I want to go into a little bit of depth of all of that. And I want to talk about the mission of the church. And the mission of the church, you, you would think, is pretty like set in stone like we know what we're supposed to do we know how we're supposed to do it we would imagine but uh, oddly enough it is often one of the things that i believe that i've seen that people are like uh, argue about everybody likes to argue online and this is one of the things people argue online about what is the mission of the church what are we actually supposed to do the church fights about whether social justice is a thing we're supposed to do it fights about if we're just supposed to focus on uh getting people to know jesus and and so much more we what is the mission of the church and when we started here, Emmanuel Church, when we started this, uh, this service here, you know, here in our, our Hispanic church, we wanted to start this English service because we believe that people needed to hear the gospel. And especially many people uh, in our own church as well, uh, young people that needed to hear the gospel in a language that they understood, that they connected with, that they grew up with. But we had particular goals in mind other than that, other than just doing it in English. Uh, because our, we would always do, bi- we used to do bilingual, we used to do Spanish, and, and, and uh, you know, we wanted to be able to do something different. We wanted to be able to reach people for Jesus, obviously, because that's, that's the basic understanding that we have of the church. The church is supposed to reach people for Jesus. But more specifically, we wanted to be able to target those who did not ever know Jesus, or those that have been burned out by church or hurt by the church. And they do exist. You know, they are out there. And if you're watching and you've been hurt by the church, one of the things we have strived to do is to create an environment where you feel, where you can feel like you're welcomed here, that you, that God wants you to be here. Secondly, we wanted to build community. We wanted to, like I said, we wanted a place where everybody could belong. We wanted it to feel like home. No matter how many people we had, if it was few or many, we wanted to be able to pe- people to feel like they belonged to something. And lastly, we wanted to be able to do all of that while showing love and compassion to people. Because ultimately that is what we feel called to do. Our mission statement is we exist to impact our city and our world with love and compassion. That's something that's been at the heart of Emmanuel Church, our our Templo Emmanuel, since the very beginning to, to, to love people. And that 
is the core of the mission of the church. And we have to start and understand there. Because we can go to, to Matthew 28 uh, and eight, uh, from 18 to 20. And this is where we typically get our understanding of what the mission of the church is supposed to be. It goes like this. It says, And then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. This passage here is where we often get the idea of what it is to be the church. We talk about going. The church always talks about going. We're supposed to go. You know, and in fact, in our in our, our Spanish service this morning, that's what they were talking about specifically, talking about missions, talking about praying for missionaries, going into the world and doing what we can. And, and we understand that, and that's that that is part of it. That is part of what we do. And another thing we think about when we, when we read these verses, we think about the fact that we're supposed to tell people about Jesus, and we want to lead them to Christ. You know, that's what we want to do. We, uh, from, a, from a young age, or, or from when I was, I mean, I grew up in church my whole life. So as a PK, I learned all the, the, the ways to lead someone to Christ. You know, we used to have these things called the ABCs of salvation. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that. If you're watching online, if you've ever heard of that. We, uh, we had the, a path called the Romans Road. How to lead people to Christ using some scriptures from the book of Romans. And there were so many like other tips and things like that. This is how you tell people about Jesus. This is, this is how we do that. And you know, and, and other methods. You know, we have methods and there's methods of like, oh, well, you, you should become friends with people first and so much, so much that we do. But our goal ultimately in doing all of that was to get people to a point where they would say a prayer and say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow Jesus. And that has ultimately been the goal that we have for people. We want them to know Jesus. And that's true. That's, but, but, but there's more to it than that. Because if we simply set our goal at saving souls for Jesus, at people saying a prayer, then we miss the point of what Jesus was telling the disciples here. It's not just about faith. Now, faith is important. Faith is how we believe. Faith is where we go when we're having difficulty in life. Faith is what we hold on to when, when things don't seem right. Faith is what got us saved in the first place, believing in Jesus, uh, understanding that. But there's more to it than that. If it's just faith, then we're missing something. In fact, James who was the brother of Jesus in his book, would, uh, would argue against you if you said, well, we only need to have faith, and that's it. That's all that matters. In James chapter 2, he says, but faith without works is dead. So there's more to faith, there's more to salvation, there's more to the goal and mission of the church than getting people to say a simple prayer. In fact, I would argue sometimes our prayers are too simple, and that it, they rely just simply on the idea that that's all you have to do. 
But there is more to it than that. In fact, what Jesus says in Matthew 28, uh, 18 to 20, he says this. He says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations. That's what we understand. Uh, the go part, let's go tell people about Jesus. Let's get them to believe in Jesus. And that's where we get that from. But after that, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to focus on that just for a second. Because baptism... If you don't know what that is, baptism is obvious. Well, not obviously. If you don't know what that is, what I mean to say is baptism is a physical symbol of the inward change that we receive. What it is, is we take you, we dunk you into some water, and then we pull you back up. (laughs) We don't keep you down there. You know, it's funny though. I have seen a couple of baptisms where I'm not going to mention where I watch one baptism in particular, but I remember being in a service in a church that wasn't ours and they were baptizing someone and a man came to baptize his wife and he's like, he was, he was a minister too. And the pastor said, well, you know, she wanted to be baptized by her husband. And so he puts her down into the water and he's like, I baptize you. She's underwater at this point. I baptize you in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. She's still underwater because you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and savior. I'm like, man, pull her up. It's not supposed to last that long, but baptism is supposed to be a physical symbol of a spiritual event. When we make our faith or when we make the mission of the church just to save souls, we make it something spiritual. But it's more than spiritual, it's also physical. When Jesus said, baptize them, he said, I want you to take the spiritual and also bring it into the physical world. I want it to be more than just something that happens in your heart. It needs to be expressed in what you do and how you live. And after that, he says... Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So as the church, it's our job to teach people what Jesus has commanded. And for those who are new believers, the same thing applies. They now come and learn that they are supposed to not just live by faith, but they are supposed to live out that faith. That their life in Jesus isn't just believing, but it's acting on those beliefs. Because we live in a world where our physical, our our spirituality, our spiritual life in Christ can affect the physical world around us. And that's so important. When we miss, when we, when we make it about just the soul part, then we do things that, 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 that are weird. Like when people come and they say, well, you know, you should make friends with people. And then you tell them about Jesus. But then your goal is only to make their, be their friend so that they can know Jesus. That, 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 that always, that doesn't make sense. You can't just be their friend to be their friend, to be kind and to love people. Instead, we have ulterior motives and people see through those things. But when we make it about the spiritual, we miss what God is trying to do in this world. When he asks us to be the salt and the light of the world, he didn't say just, just, Differences. They did things. Salt preserved. Salt added taste, added flavor. It changed. It physically changed what it was put onto. Light brings hope into darkness. And that's what we're supposed to do. Our spiritual faith, our spiritual lives can make a difference on the physical world around us. And it's needed. Because we live in a broken world. 
And in order, in order for the church to be what we need to be, we need to, we need to remember that we are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And that means a lot of different things. But let's see. What does it mean? What does it mean to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world? You know, it's not literal. (laughs) Obviously. But it means that we're supposed to act. There's action that we need to take place. Because there is a broken world that we live in. And this world is broken by sin. And sin, sin, I think a lot of times we we like to focus on it. It, uh, I hear a lot of times sin being described as the mistakes that we make. And sure, there's that. But there are mistakes that we make that are not sin, you know. Uh, things that we buy that maybe we shouldn't buy. And it's like, oh, you know, I regret that. But was it a sin? I don't know. You know, maybe it was for you. Maybe you shouldn't be spending all your money. Uh, but there is more to it than that. Sin is more than just mistakes. Sin is outwardly... The Bible describes it as breaking relationships. The Bible describes it as breaking our relationship with God, as breaking our relationship with people around us. But also, sin has gotten to a point, uh, sin affects everything in our world, that it infects the systems in the world that we live in. We live in a broken world, so there are broken systems that oppress people, that benefit those who might live sinful lives to whatever they want to do, and they want to oppress people, put people down, so we live in that kind of world. And that's one of the things that people are fighting against in our nation right now. Uh, Systems of oppression, because it happens, it's real. The sin gets into everything that we do, and there is something more to it. it it can't it's not just a spiritual thing there is also physical aspects to what is happening in our world and this broken world that we live in we have the opportunity to do something about it our actions have a chance at making a difference in the lives of those who live around us in this broken world because like i said our spiritual our, our spiritual faith our, our spirituality can affect the physical world around us and I know it, it can be tiring, you know. A lot of us might be tired right now. You know, we watch the news, see the social media, and it can be exhausting. I understand that. But, I, and we would just want to like pull away from it all. It's like, I just want to be detached from the world and not, not want to be a part of all of that. But then if we do that, we miss the opportunities that God is giving us to be engin- engines of positive change in the world. We miss the opportunities to be able to love people who really need it. People that are, are that don't have a voice. We, we miss the opportunities to do things like that. Because, like I said, love is the core of what we do. And how we live out our faith is, is evidenced by how we love people. The church must seek the lost and preach the gospel. Yes, that is important. The good news of Jesus that they can be saved. But there, but our actions will directly influence how they receive that message. Our actions of how, how we live out our faith will influence directly how they receive that love. Because if we are standing in front of them, telling them that Jesus loves them, but something that we are doing causes them to think we're hating them, that we're not doing the right thing then we're missing the point. 
You know, and that's what I mentioned earlier. People talk about social justice and how we're, we're, there are a lot of Christians that I see online that are angry about people supporting social justice. And, and it doesn't make sense to me because I look at social justice and the things that it wants to accomplish. And I was like, to me, that just seems in line with what Jesus wanted to do. That just seems like what he has asked us to do. In fact, he himself in, in, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19. When Jesus started his mission on earth, uh, he said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, he was about changing the status quo. That's what Jesus was around for. Jesus didn't just say, hey, everybody, I love you. And that's enough. And that's enough. No. In fact, Jesus actively fought to change the status quo in his world. Women were seen as second-class citizens in that world, and Jesus elevated them. There are so many stories where we see that happening. One, one, one that uh, comes to mind very... Uh, I'm sorry. One, one that comes to mind is that Jesus was visiting the friend of, a home, home of his friends, Mary, Lazarus, and Martha. And uh, one of the things in the story that is so interesting that we might not even think about it today because it just seems like, oh, well, you know, that sounds like a normal thing that would happen. Is that in the story, Mary sits at the feet of Jesus listening to him teach and talk to other people. But that wasn't something that was normal. When it came to teaching and the scriptures, it was normal for men to sit at the feet of their teachers, but not for women to be there. Their job was what Martha was doing, cooking and cleaning and preparing things. So Jesus elevated her and said, you, you, you deserve to be here too. And so many other times that he did the same thing where he elevated women because they were oppressed. And not only that, Jesus stood for in, against injustice. When people were cheating people in the temple, he went and flipped over tables and said, this isn't right. You're being lied to. You're being cheated. People are not taking, they're taking advantage of you. The people in power were taking advantage. And Jesus says, this is not what is supposed to be. He stood by those who were grieving. He cried with them. He, he challenged the status quo when people and even the people of God in, in the nation of Israel had given in to the Roman Empire. And they, they, they subjected themselves to Rome and said, well, Caesar is Caesar. Jesus said, there is no God. There is no king but God. Not Caesar. You, ha you hold no loyalty to that nation. You hold no loyalty to the nation of Israel. You hold loyalty to the nation of God. He challenged the status quo. He never stood by and let things be when they were oppressing and pushing down people. 
This is the duty of the church. To set the captives free. To, to, to give light and sight to the blind physically and spiritually. Well, I, I mean, we might not be able to do that physically. Give actual sight to the blind. But we can do it spiritually. We can help people see what they don't want to see. The people that have blinded themselves, that have put put blockers in front of their eyes. You know, they want to block out the haters, but they're blocking out everybody else. They're blocking out Jesus. <laughs> but this is what we've been called to do. If we act in hate, then we, need, we do not stand with Jesus. So we have to watch what we do. We have to remind ourselves that we need to be on the right side of history. When people are speaking of things that are injustices, you know, we need to understand that they are hurting and that they've been suffering. And, and, and understand that there are injustices that are really not injustices. Wearing a mask is not an injustice. I don't wear one right now when I'm preaching, but after this, I, I wear my mask. And that's the thing. Because we want to be able to protect people, to help people, to lead people to Jesus and love people. Our mission, and this is the title of my message, I told you, it would, it would spoil it. Our, our mission is love. That's what it is. Jesus said, that's how are we gonna, that's how we are going to be known to people. John 13, 35, he says, you will be known by how you love one another. He didn't say that you will be known by other things. He said by love. That's how you're going to be known. And I want to turn to another story that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25 verses 34 to 40. And I like this story because there are so many people. We miss what Jesus is trying to do in the world. We're so focused on ourselves and our our spiritual selves that we miss what Jesus wants us to do actively and physically in the world. And he said this, he shared a story and he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you told me to go sign up for food stamps. No. (laughs) For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. For I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. For when I was a stranger, you told me, go back to your country. No. Because I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you told me, don't wear a mask. It's not real. No. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison and you said you should have not committed crime. No, I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see the hung? We see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whenever you did, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
you did for me. So Jesus is telling us that our actions in the world, our mission in the world, isn't just get to get people to say a prayer, say, Jesus, I follow you, I love you, I believe you. You know, th- that's enough, that's good. That, that's what we want you to do. We want you to know Jesus and the love that he has for you, but he wants us to also extend that love to those who are in need, to the people who are hungry, that are fighting, that are strangers, that are in cages, that are suffering injustice. Our mission is love to love on those who need us most who need the church most because the church is not here to just be a spiritual club if you want to do that i i don't know you know i i can't tell you where to go spiritual club um scientology maybe i don't know (laughs) but We are called to be something more. It's not just about being here in this building and singing the songs and uh, watching us online and knowing this and, and knowing that God loves you. There's so much more. Don't let the opportunities pass you by. Don't be on the wrong side of history. Let us be the church who steps out into the world and physically helps those who are in need. And not just say, well, you know what we need in this world today? We just need Jesus. Yes, we need Jesus, but we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And do something about what we see around us. So as we close today. Let's just not live our lives saying that all we need is faith. Like I said, James said in James chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. We can believe in God. You know, he even says. He says, you can believe But even the demons believe. They know. The forces of darkness in this world. They believe. So you're not special just because you believe. But it's when you take that belief. You take that faith. And you live it out in the day to day. In the love of God. Our mission is love because the core of who God is, is love. And unless we, and unless we do what we can in this world to extend that love to others, we may not be among those who Jesus said, welcome into the kingdom. Because in fact, the other part of the story, that other part of the story, Jesus The king, who is Jesus, who is God, tells the same thing to another group of people. And you said, you call out to me and you say, Lord, Lord, but you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because all of this happened to you and you did nothing. Instead, you rejected the needs of these people. Instead, you, you oppressed them and pushed them down. And you hated them because of their sin. Well, we, we, we're all sinful We've all got sin. We've all got brokenness. This world we're in is broken. And we, we, we are not perfect. But Jesus is here to tell us, I, I can cha- help you make that change in the world. And I can make the change in you. So I want to pray today. Two things as I always do. If you want to know this Jesus who fights against the injustice you live 
who fights against the oppression that faces you, who fights against the hatred that, that is against you, who loves you no matter what, who you are. I was going to say what you are, who you are, what you do, where you come from, what you look like, what you believe. If you need this Jesus, he's here for you. And then I want to pray for the church that we would be that salt and light that we would be the ones who feed the hungry when they need it to give them to give clothes to those who don't have clothes to visit those in prison and the sick and reach out and be just be the hands and feet of jesus so every head bowed and eye closed in this moment even if you're watching online just listen for a second and if you need that love of jesus right now This prayer is for you. Just pray with me. If you don't know what to say, pray with me and just say this. Jesus, I need that love. I know I'm not perfect, but here is my life. I give it to you. Help me be new today. And Father, for anyone that prayed that prayer, God, We know and we welcome them to the family of Christ. That they are now a new creation. As your word said, the old has gone. The new has come. This is their new starting point. Their second chance at life, God. To hold on to that faith right now that is making them change that is giving them the love that they need that maybe never have known before and help us as the church surround them and let them know that they are not alone in all of this that we are praying for them and we want to help them along this road as you have asked us to do to baptize and teach God they are now along this journey they are no longer alone in this journey they are with a new family and we thank you for that we thank you for that Jesus name we pray amen and I want to pray for the church Father I ask that you would help us be your hands and feet in this world that when we see the hungry we would give them food to eat the thirsty we would give them something to drink when we see people in need of clothes that we would clothe them that we would see people that are sick we would pray for them and visit them when we would see people in prison that we would visit them but when we see people facing injustice that we would lend our voice to theirs God that we would stand against those who would oppress those who need you the oppress the poor the press the brokenhearted God we would stand against the systems that 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 spread hatred instead of love God we we stand against all of this God help us to be that Help us to be the salt and the light in the world where we do not simply live our lives and say we have faith, but we live out that faith in love, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Help us to be that. Help us to be that church today. We thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystories. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.